She said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we have former Milwaukee Brewer Jim Rushford. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's not just going to be, you know, sidearm summary pitchers. I also, you know, as a former indie ball player, kind of wanted to get some unique stories like yourself and definitely enjoyed seeing indie ball players make it to the big, so... I just, you know, first things first, could you kind of tell us your, your journey on, on, on making it to the show? Yeah. You know, I went to San Diego state for four years. I was undrafted. It was a less than spectacular collegiate career. Um, I went on to play independent baseball a few years, actually started and stopped a couple times, but then, you know, like things started really coming together for me and I started doing really well and putting up numbers and, uh, some old contacts came around and uh, they got me uh, hooked up with the Brewers. And once I got signed into the Brewers system, I I really tore it up and I shot through all the levels of the minors and uh, got a crack at the big leagues in September 2002. Oh, very cool. And then and then you also like you 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 pitched a little bit too, right? Yeah, so I was a two way player in college. Um, I actually thought I'd have a better chance of going on as a left-handed pitcher, uh, the, they'd bring me in from right field to, you know, uh, you know, be a specialty against, you know, a few left-handed hitters in the lineup. And then they'd send me back to right field and they might, you know, do that a couple times in a single game. And, uh, even in an independent ball professionally, I, I pitched, I was a start in the starting rotation, my first year of independent ball, but eventually I, I got more interested in being a hitter. And it took a little finagling, but I finally, you know, found the right people to give me a shot at, you know, hitting every day and playing the outfield. And I mean, pitching style-wise, like, where were you Yeah, at? I mean, that was your basic soft-throwing, you know, finesse lefty, um, you know, fastball, curveball, slider, change, and uh, sometimes a split. And uh, I threw, you know, 85 and I had I had very good control, and I was you know a pretty smart pitcher. But you know, I started getting to the higher levels. I just didn't feel like I had the stuff to, you know, certain hitters would come up, and I'd be like, "What am I going to throw this guy? I have no idea." I feel like no matter what I throw, he's going to hit it. You know, like <laughs> it, it just you know, <laughs> I, I ran out of tricks. You know, did did you ever think about dropping down or no? <laughs> <laughs> so. No, not while I was, you know, still a pitcher, but later on I would I would throw submarine a lot. And I thought, you know, as a hitter, I'd face a few left-hand submariners and they gave me a really a lot of trouble. I hated it. I didn't mind the righty submariner so much, but you know, the, the lefties really messed me up and uh I always thought, well, you know, maybe I could prolong my career a little longer and, you know, be a left-hand submarine pitcher or something. Um, I think the only thing that really stopped me was uh, my left, my elbow is really uh, 
damaged from years of abuse. So I didn't really think I'd hold up. And then just kind of always, you know, like hitting wise, like, you, you know, you would you, you were able to kind of with do both or like you always just kind of had that natural swing. Yeah. You know, I was always a good hitter, but I was a singles hitter and, uh, I didn't really, at the higher levels, I didn't have the speed to be a center fielder, which, you know, just relegated me to be a corners, you know, left, right first, which meant, you know, you're going to have to hit for a ton of power. And I didn't have that. But then when I got older, I got, you know, just really into weightlifting and stuff. And I bulked, and once I bulked up, it, I, I got the extra power I needed. So, you know, I always had like the hitting skills and the back control and the eye, um, but it was the power that was missing that I didn't add in till later. Um, and, you know, I used my uh, experience as a pitcher to be a good hitter, you know, to get in the pitcher's head and kind of anticipate what pitches might be coming and things like that. Uh, I think it helped. Yeah, no, absolutely. Could, could you talk to us a little bit about your MLB debut? Yeah. So it was in Wrigley field and it was a night game. Uh, so I'm on the opposing team, the Brewers. Um, but I grew up in Chicago on Park Ridge, Illinois. Uh, I grew up a Cubs fan. So, you know, I had to play against my childhood team. And uh, as it turned out, like probably dozens of people I, you know, went to school with were at the game and they all, you know, they all saw me out there and were taking pictures and stuff like that. And, uh, I just remember getting, you know, going to Wrigley Field and I, I didn't know how to get in the stadium. And then, you know, <laughs> I find the clubhouse and I see my uniform hanging in the locker and that kind of made it real, like, okay, this is not a joke, you know. And, uh, I remember coming out for BP and the first, you know, come out, walk out the first base dugout up the steps and the Cubs are taking BP and the first person, you know, I see is uh, Sammy Sosa standing next to the cage. I'm like, this is unbelievable. This guy's right here. And I was just kind of staring at him in awe. And he kind of just saw that I was just sort of mesmerized by him. So he walked, he walked up to me and shook my hand. He's like, Sammy Sosa, like Jim Rushford. And he's like, you know, nice to meet you. And he's like, the pleasure is mine. You know, <laughs> like as if I was a star and he was a guy getting called up. And then, you know, be that BPS, I remember having so much adrenaline. And uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, hit hitting a few balls out and they're like just take it easy take it easy don't swing so hard you know because <laughs> i was just so pumped up and uh oh i bet yeah it was just unbelievable experience and it was, you know i mean it was kind of weird being against my childhood team but you know like you don't care you're just happy to be there <laughs> and then you hit one career home run could could you talk about that yeah uh we're playing in Arizona where Kelly was pitching and you know, I, I got a base hit my first at bat and then my next at bat I come up and uh I think the count got to two and two and I fouled off about five pitches I just kind of was spoiling tough pitches like just I couldn't do anything with them but they were too close to take and I foul 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 and then I just kind of zeroed in on him and he and he kind of hung a curve he didn't get it all the way down and in where he wanted it and I just dropped their head on it and you know it was I pulled it right down the right field line and I knew I got it good enough but it was directly down the line I didn't know if it was gonna hook foul and I'm so you know as I'm rounding first I see it hit the foul pole and I see the umpire signal for a home run and, and you know it just was like 
the way the world came off my shoulders, I'm like, ah, that's it. I did it. You know, <laughs> that, that one home runs in the books and they can't, they can't erase it, <laughs> you know? And from a, you know, sidearm submarine pitching perspective, you touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, do you remember kind of facing some of those guys and, you know, any, any kind of tips from a, from a pitching perspective on kind of what hitters are looking for? Uh, the one guy I faced a lot was Randy Choate. Yep. yep. And he just, I mean, he took 30 points off my average in one <laughs> season. And uh, he'd, and they'd always bring him in. This was in AAA I faced them. And they'd, you know, I was the RBI guy, and he was the left-handed specialist. And yep. it'd be the end of the game and close. And they'd win, and, man, he he just – He'd always get me, you know, and maybe one time he just threw it right down the middle. And I it was almost like one of those where you can close your eyes and swing and your bat's going to hit it. And I got base hit up the middle. And it's the only time I ever even got him. But, uh, you know, one of the times he struck me out, you know, swinging, like probably on a, like a Frisbee, like that. He'd throw like that submarine Frisbee and it'd break like six feet horizontally. And you just didn't know if it was going to end up on the outside corner or four feet and, you know, into the right-handers batter's box is impossible to judge. And he strikes me out. And I just, I was so mad. I threw my bat and helmet, but I was just like frustrated myself. And he thought I was talking crap to him and he's yelling at me. And then the umpire thinks I'm mad at the umpire. So the umpire kicks me out of the game and I get fine. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just mad at myself because I can't <laughs> hit this guy. You know? Um, you know, and the, the other guy that stands out to me, and you know, I don't know his name because I came across him at the end of 09 in the Golden League there, and then he was there in 2010. I want to say he was on St. George. I, I was I meant to look him up. Man, he gave me a tough time, submarine lefty. But uh, the, with the righties, I didn't mind the righties so much. But uh, like that was that. I, I, I want to get his name wrong, but you know, Hyung Jung Kim. Yeah. <laughs> He was so far below. Um, he, he was straight uphill. You know what I mean? Like it was underhand, and it was like it was like trying to hit a rise ball in softball. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was that I had trouble with that at that really low angle. You know, submarine <laughs> experience. Did you have any any teammates that you remember that were kind of sidearm submarine? Yeah, Robert Marquez. Uh. He's, I played with him in the Brewers minor leagues. Boy, there's probably a lot more, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I went through college in independent ball with a guy named John Lynn. Uh, we used to call him Weasel. He, yeah, he, he would scrape his knuckles on the ground. And, you know, he, he had a pretty long career in independent ball. and uh, He didn't throw but 80, but, you know, that tough angle um, kept him around. I mean, that's all I can think off the top of my head, but I, I know there's more. I'm just no, all good. You know, f- from an indie ball perspective, like, could you touch a little bit, just kind of like the mental grind of it for for guys? Like, realistically, that's kind of a goal for you know, I think a lot of guys, and just the mental mental grind of indie ball. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of pressure because it's like. Um you know, you feel like this is your last chance. It's like someone says, you got one sh- shot. Like, well, you know, like you got to take this one shot from half court and that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, Good luck. You know, it, the, the upside of it is, you, you know, you got nothing to lose. So it's you just go for it, you know? Yep. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, everything's kind of got to go perfectly for it to work out for you. So making the teams important and then making the starting lineup and then you got to put up the numbers. And then even if you put up the numbers now, is anyone going to notice you? So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of hurdles to clear. And I mean, honestly, of all the things in professional baseball, I think that the hardest step of the whole thing for me was getting out of independent ball and getting that first affiliated contract. Mm -hmm. That was a thing that just, you know, you almost had to, you know, win the lottery kind of thing. Like it was just a tough hurdle to clear. Yeah. And I mean, the nice thing for, for any ball, like it's really kind of everyone together and it doesn't matter if you're a third round draft pick, former big leaguer, as long as you're getting hitters out, you know, there's a uniform for you. Did, did you find like in affiliated ball? Could you, could you feel the difference? Like being an indie ball guy, like obviously, you know, still pressure there, but I mean, you're obviously not a first round draft pick, right? Right. I mean, the the upside again is like, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. So yep. you can just play with reckless abandon and, <laughs> so for, you know, you, um, the downside though is like, you know, when you're not a prospect, you don't have money invested in you. A lot of times they just treat you like a spare part, you know, and, and yep. like, you'll have, you'll have to do twice as much to get advanced to the next level as the prospect does. Like a lot of the prospects, their, their names written in the starting lineup every day, no matter what. And the second they start doing good, Oh, you're going up to double it up. You're going to triple it. You know, <laughs> They barely have to do, they just have to have like one, you know, hot streak. Whereas as an indie player, you go in and you're tearing it up and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, he's just getting lucky. <laughs> you know, like, well, we'll see how he really does. And then you might hit a little slump and then you get hot again. I mean, like you have to prove him wrong like 10 times over before they, they're finally convinced okay he's good enough you know we'll, we'll give him a shot could you talk a little bit about uh winter ball you played kind of played all over didn't you so i yeah that was that was really great experience you know but this, i got to play in puerto rico venezuela twice the dominican republic and mexico so i kind of got to hit them all <laughs> and uh that you know, that was just such a good experience to see other cultures and live in other countries and just play in different conditions and stuff like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I especially liked playing Venezuela. That was probably where I had the, the best time. Mm -hmm. um, but they were all cool and they all had their different nuances. You know, Dominican like guys, every guys showing mid nineties. <laughs> And, you know, you know, like, you don't have to guess at what's coming. You just know it's going to be a fastball. Uh, like, but in Mexico, I mean, I would get 3-0 breaking balls. And and the only time they throw me a fastball is, like, they throw it, you know, six inches off the plate. It's just to just to make me think I might get a fastball to hit. <laughs> but you never, you never get one, you know what I mean? Um, so the styles were different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Puerto Rico and Venezuela are a little more similar, similar to playing in the U.S. Like style-wise, you get a variety of hard throwers and finesse pitchers, and yeah, Dominican. The conditions were pretty bad. You know, like the lights would always go out in the middle of the game, and then you have to wait like thirty minutes for the generator to come on and to, them to kick on again. And uh, they, they'd only turn on like one light pole and be because electricity is like so expensive and uh you know cold showers 
like it would just be a hole in the wall with a like a hose kind of stream coming out and the water wouldn't drain so it'd be like athlete's foot you know six inches of nasty water i mean so it was you know the conditions were definitely probably the worst there um those, I don't know, those were just some of the more interesting things I remember about winter ball experience. Played in Canada, correct? Yeah, so, yeah, I played um, for Ottawa, Lynx, AAA Phillies. They were there one year. And, you know, but I also played, like, against Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton and Victoria. Yep. And, uh, independent ball. The Winnipeg was the Northern League at the time, and then the other one's the Golden Baseball League. Uh, but I lived in Ottawa for uh, summer '07, and I, and I liked it a lot. Every everything but the weather, you know. <laughs> it's just baseball's a warm weather game, and you know, it's a tough game to play in the cold. That's it. but other other than that, I liked it. No complaints. It's just just a little more heat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the struggle of being a Canadian baseball player, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm based out of Calgary, so do you remember remember playing in Calgary? Yeah, yeah, I do. The the yellow seats. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, I just remember the net in right field, and that the football team, the pro football team, wasn't it just right next to the field? Yep, yep, right be, right behind and, it there. And then there was the, the baseball facility nearby. And from I remember, the owner of the baseball team also owned the football team. Um, I, I know, um, I know they were trying to kind of get kind of a partnership going, but I don't, I don't think it completely went through though. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I remember going there. I mean, it was a good time. It was a great season. I had a lot of fun there. Definitely a stadium. I mean, it used to be a AAA stadium. I mean, it definitely it's still around now, but they're they're talking about tearing it down, unfortunately. But it it's seen better days. Right. <laughs> I mean, it got the job done. <laughs> and that's where the championship was. You're oh nine. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then are you any you know, what are you what are you involved in now baseball wise there, Jim? Any any coaching or yeah, I coach my son. Um, my son is a junior in high school. He uh, he just got a scholarship for baseball to New Mexico State. Nice. Um, and he's a, he's a center fielder, left-handed thrower, hitter, also pitches, but his you know upside potentials as an outfielder. Um, the thing he, I mean, we're very similar, uh, but the thing he has that I don't didn't have is he he's a really fast runner. <laughs> a six six five sixty. Wow. Basically, when he gets on base, he's stealing second and third every time, and he can he can really fly. Um, he must have got it from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the thing that's going to put him over the top, where he could make it farther than I did. You know, but he's yeah, he can hit too. He's a hard nice. worker and a great student number one in his class. Uh, but I coach, see, I'm not a, I'm more like a volunteer coach because my work schedule at the copper mine doesn't really allow me to be a full-time coach. Uh, but I help out. He's in good hands with the other coaches. I guess it's time just for our ninth inning call the bullpen, Jim. So just going to be okay. some, some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, favorite NHL team. So I'm going to have to say the Blackhawks just because I grew up, 
in Chicago. Favorite travel destination? I, uh, I'm going to say uh, Cabo or Rocky Point, Mexico. We're talking vacation, right? Yeah, or even just a place you've never or you've always wanted to go. Yeah, well, I'd love to go to Bora Bora and stay in one of those like uh, bungalows that are in the water. You know, that beautiful blue water that's like bath water warm. Yeah, that would uh, work. That's a little bit of a, yeah, that's an expensive trip. But <laughs> what I can do, you know, I'm in Arizona, I'm in Tucson. So getting to like, you know, Cabo or uh, Rocky Point's like a three-hour drive. And, you know, you get that kind of beach vacation setting. And, you know, they got like the infinity pool where you can sit at the bar and look out at the uh, it's not, it's Gulf of California. California, it's not actually the ocean, but you know, look out at the water and just relax. You know, as I'm looking outside at the snow, you're making me jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm a hot weather fan. That's why you know, I left Chicago. <laughs> I, I, I went to San Diego, and then I ended up in Tucson. But uh, for me, the weather is a big thing. Yeah, I, I, I visit the snow, but I, I don't know if I want to live in it again. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Um, all-time favorite professional wrestler. Gosh, which one did I like? I mean, this is old school now because I'm old. Like we're talking like those '80s guys. I mean, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like George the Animal Steel. He'd eat the eat turnbuckle. The yeah, you know, those are the guys that I remember. And you know, Andre the Giant. Like that was the. Those were the guys I watched. It, you know. Um, actually, a childhood friend of mine, you know, he was really into that, and he ended up becoming a professional wrestler as a career. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, that he made it like big time, big time where you'd know him, but, you know, he, just, he actually made a living at it. I don't know what his stage name was. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Uh, what is the capital of Canada? Ottawa, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> your, we're, we're <laughs> I don't want to get that one wrong. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd get that, Jim, because we're 0 for 4. So you're you're the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> but I you, studied geography a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you could golf or have dinner with any three famous dead or alive uh, people, who would it be? Well, first of all, I know I'd have dinner because I like to just – in my last no golf I'm not, not really a golfer you know <laughs> uh, just have a conversation um i know i'm not gonna give the best answer off the top of my head well you know babe ruth I think you know just just to get a feel for his personality that that'd be an interesting dinner <laughs> i mean i mean a, you know obviously ask talk to him about hitting yeah. but you know just kind of you know he's a bigger than life person um yeah. Who else would be a good one? Say dead or alive? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just make it like a we'll make it a left-handers hitter hitting party and say Ted Williams and Tony Gwynn. Just a bunch of lefties, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of great hitters. <laughs> that too. You know, Ted, Ted Williams for his all-around numbers. Tony Gwynn, his phenomenal career. But I actually knew Tony Gwynn personally. Yes, San Diego State, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. And then, where would you like to go to dinner? I'm thinking, uh, it's either got to be like wings and beer, or pizza and beer. But that, 
I mean, one of those places that has uh, all the uh, craft bears on tap and stuff. So there's a lot, to, a lot of good ones to choose from. And then we'll we'll give the tap to Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be an Olympian in another sport, winter or summer, what sport would you like to do? You know, the the two things I'm interested in is I wish I was super fast runner. It could be like track and field and, you know, like, it was it Usain Bolt? Like, you feel what it's like to move that fast. Oh, yeah, no um, But I really, uh, well, I really like weightlifting. Uh, I'm more, I, I think I'd be more into powerlifting, which is not the, an Olympic sport than Olympic lifting, but just to, you know, just to move that kind of weight is a good feeling. So, I mean, I think those are the two you know, power, uh, Olympic lifting and, you know, track and feel like sprinting would be the things I would gravitate towards. Yeah. And then lastly, on the 2000 Duluth Superior Dukes, do you remember the outfielder that was from Alberta? Well, I didn't know. I don't, I'm not sure if I knew who was from Alberta. We had Bernard Casson with center field and, uh, a big pop of first base and Tony Mitchell DH and, uh, Shane Crimes, Kurt Lee's a California guy. Eddie Lantigua is a Canadian. He, he lives in, well, I think he's Puerto Rican, but I think he lives in Canada. No, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Greg Morrison. Oh, Greg Morrison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I forgot he was a Canadian. Solid, strong lefty hitter. Hitter, yeah, absolutely. We we did did some coaching together at the University of Calgary. He's a great guy. Oh, okay, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jim. I mean, any any shout outs before we sign off? Excited to have a regular baseball season again. Hopefully, things will get back to normal. She said, "Come from a land down under, where women glow and men thunder." Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder, yeah You better run, you better take cover, yeah You better run, you better take cover